0: and Oklahoma Congresswoman Stephanie Bice says that through the improvement of technology, heat-related disease can be slowed down.
1: Although climate change is likely making the occurrence of extreme heat more common, we cannot simply sit back and accept such
2: a fate. With greater innovation and strategic planning from both the public and private sector, the negative effects of heat waves and other extreme weather events can be better
0: mitigated and lives can be saved.
3: This is USA Radio News nothing is more important than your vote now lawmakers across america are pushing for election integrity to make sure your vote really counts all this week Newsmax's sean spicer and lindsey keith are exposing the flaws in our voting systems and how to fix them make sure you watch spicer and company tonight on newsmax for the real truth about your vote and how texas georgia pennsylvania arizona and more are in the crosshairs everyone is watching newsmax it's on all major cable systems If your operator doesn't carry it, call them, tell them you want Newsmax, or you can switch. And you can watch Newsmax on most streaming systems, like Roku, Samsung, LG, Pluto, Zumo, and more. Plus, download the free Newsmax app on your phone and start watching now. Newsmax is your trusted news source. Every night, watch great shows, starting with Spicer & Company, Greg Kelly, Grant Stinchfield, Cortez & Pellegrino, and a lot more. Go to Newsmax for real news watch it today
0: the coalition of jewish values has announced a nationwide petition drive to urge people to boycott ben and jerry's ice cream from the usa radio news texas bureau john Clemens has the story
4: the petition against ben and jerry's was announced after the vermont ice cream maker issued a policy that it would not sell its products to jews in the occupied palestinian territory called judea and samaria Rabbi Yoko Mekum of the Coalition of Jewish Values said, Jews have lived in Judea and Samaria for almost 4,000 years since God gave that holy land to Abraham.
0: Just the thought that this is just typical of the woke left these days, unfortunately. They grab onto any cause and it doesn't matter if it's rational and it doesn't matter if it's actually helpful. President Biden set to deliver remarks in Hebron, Kentucky, regarding his Build Back Better agenda. This is USA Radio News. Is your dog suffering from a sensitive stomach? Hi, it's Kelly the Cookie Lady from Mooch's Munchies. Our dogs had super sensitive tummies, and I needed to find a low-fat treat that wouldn't give them gas or other issues. Most of the treats on the market were loaded with fillers, chemicals, and chicken fat. Many of them weren't even food. Well, I knew I could do better, so I developed Mooch's Munchies, and I'm happy to be able to share them with you. Stop by our store or our website, Mooch'sMunchies.com, and find out why we say that Mooch's Munchies are totally possum.
5: One of the greatest moments for expectant mothers and fathers is getting to meet your baby for the first time. Let Baby's First Image introduce you to your little bundle of joy through a 3D or 4D HD ultrasound. Enjoy our spacious, relaxing ultrasound office with plenty of room for excited family members to share the experience with. Our techs have over 20 years of ultrasound experience, and our high-tech imaging gives you an amazing first glimpse of your baby. Book your appointment today at babiesfirstimage.com. That's babiesfirstimage.com.
1: There's a new kind of therapy in town, and it's called Soda Therapy. Soda Therapy is all about gourmet drinks and delicious treats, like movie theater popcorn and huge locally baked cookies. The options are endless. Soda Therapy is located on the corner of Cimarron and Warm Springs. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you, you don't even have to get out of your car with their VIP curbside service. Follow them on social media for all the best deals, and visit them Monday through Saturday in person or online at sodatherapy.com.
5: Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679.
2: right, away we go with another edition of SportsInsiderRadio.com, and this is going to be a fun hour, because football is a coming, and it's coming fast. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas. The boys are ready to rock and roll. We're heading east to Baltimore, where John and Mike are fired up and ready to go after a short little respite, back on the beam with you, and getting ready for what lies ahead. The NBA season's over, so it's on to football, fellas. How you doing? Couldn't be more excited. Preseason
1: is August 8th. We're basically a week away from August. It's one of those times of the year where there's just the excitement is brewing. And obviously, look, baseball and John will get into his dog system. It's still very profitable. I really enjoyed the NBA finals, crushed it, did very well with as soon as the tides turned, Brian. When Sarge went out, I knew the Suns were done. I talked to a bunch of – even my clients. See, I have, I have this new client or potential new client that every time he gives me his opinion, he tells me he's got a lock, tells me he's betting starting pitchers, and it's the same story I've heard for decades. They all – they all, the clients, they all have an opinion that they think they could beat the books and they truly – Even though they don't want to admit it, they treat it as a hobby. So they don't want to day trade. They don't want to take it seriously. And in the end, those short, I won this week, ends up being, I just busted my account for the 20th time. At some point, the pain has to be great enough. And I know it's a little rant. I'm wound up. But it's just one of those things where no matter how much you show the client profit, he will still figure out a way to burn it because he doesn't want to take it as seriously as we do. We come on the show, we try to break down analogies and and different, and Dave's not on the show today, but we do market edge betting trends and and how we analyze these games and how deep we go into the third, fourth, fifth layer of how to be profitable doing this, and that's a standard person – can 't do this while he has a full time job, a family, a social life, and then try to figure out how to day trade as well it 's the same thing as the stock market. The guys that are day trading that do it as a hobby, a lot of them lose while the hedge fund owners or the guys that are doing this professionally that day trade are the ones that win so at the end of the day it 's no different. it will never be different that 's my rant for the day um, but I just I know he 's listening to the show um it's a potential client. His name is Brian. Won't give the last name. But it's the same story, Brian. It's I had a guy that told me and all my friends told me that the starting pitcher, he's been on a roll, he can't lose tonight. So I went out of my comfort zone, and I bet it bigger than I should have, and now I'm licking my wounds today to try to make it back. It's like, when is when are they going to learn? It, there's no such thing as a lock. There's no such thing as a game that can't lose, even though I did believe the closest thing to a lock last night was the Milwaukee Bucks money line. Just again, from the analytics of watching the entire season, not just because it was a one game scenario, but again, Sarge going out, huge factor. Giannis game one. We didn't know if he was going to play hyperextended knee. He thought he was going to miss a year. Not the case. The guy needed to get his legs under him. Game one. Even though he still had a good game, you saw that he just wasn't quite ready, you know, conditioned yet. Game two and on, complete different person, complete different player. And you saw that every single game thereafter. So that's the type of stuff that we do the research on, and we try to pick and choose our spots. And again, just because I took the Milwaukee Bucks money line last night doesn't mean I put a very large percentage of my bankroll on it. That was just a selection last night, along with a short favorite in baseball that I parlayed to get value on a two-team parlay because I didn't want to lay 200 on the money line for the Bucks. I'd rather have a no-juice bet with a two-team parlay that I had a strong indicators on a baseball game in the White Sox last night. So it's one of those things that, again, when we are on this side of the table, and we try to analyze and we try to teach and we try to really instill these betting practices into a potential new client, no matter what we say and no matter what we do, they still find a way to lose. That's it. Rant's
2: over. That was impressive, John. How are you, buddy?
4: <laughs> well, first thing I wanted Good to Good rant, qualify. by the way, Michael. Great rant. First thing I want to qualify, this is what happens when you don't play golf before you come to work.
1: Um, you have a lot of extra he's,
4: pent-up he's, he's energy.
2: Focused. <laughs> he's well, focused. Well,
1: hold on, hold on. Tell, tell the listeners the truth. That's not true. I played 18. <laughs> I went out at 6.50 a.m. this morning. Oh, I had no I idea. I shot a mediocre 89. I left a lot of strokes out there. My game was very good. I'm in a good mood. Again, I was in a great mood until I get this text, and I'm trying to analyze it 10 minutes before the radio show. And it's like, I don't even have the words to say. You know what I told the client? I said, why don't you listen to the radio show? You'll hear your name. I will give you a shout-out. And you may hear something that might save your life in the next 10 years so you don't have to go through more pain of blowing out your account. Well,
4: first of all, Brian, he said preseason football was August 8th. I will actually be leaving Vegas the second the game starts on August 5th. As the day before, I'll be in studio with you. The current line on this game is Pick'Em and 34. Obviously, it's early preseason action, but I will be in Vegas taking off at kickoff of the Pittsburgh-Dallas Cowboy game. I'll be in the studio with you and Big Dave. I'm looking forward to 75-degree weather. Can I get 75-degree weather? Going once, going uh, twice. Uh, August, I...
2: August when? <laughs> August 4th. I'll
4: be in the studio with you.
2: Uh, unless they come up with a new Fahrenheit Celsius. If they come up with some new system, maybe you get 70-something. Man, what is it right now? Uh, I don't know. I can could, I could find out very, very quickly. I'm sure it's at least 97, I'll say. Let's see. Oh, okay, uh, and on the it. rise. Right. Here. Uh, drum roll. It is currently... Oh, all right. It's a it's a cool ninety four. All right, okay. It's a cool uh, well, we that, it's dry that, heat that will turn those. it that will turn into one oh two in about four hours. That's the projected height. The next so you know the next few days. 102, 105, 107, 102. Oh. Ninety six on Monday, ninety eight on Tuesday, but then back to one hundred four next week.
4: Yeah, you might need a jacket at ninety six. Hey,
2: so, tell uh, tell the folks you and I were chatting this morning. And I I was dumbfounded when you told me, you know, what's going on now. Because Baltimore is the major hub for Southwest. Las Vegas is a major Southwest hub here in the Southwest. And the prices to fly here are beyond belief now.
4: I mean, it's business for me, so it doesn't matter. But I don't know how it's 755 nonstop to, to Las Vegas. I mean, ridiculous. I, here's what I wound up doing when we got off there. I booked two tickets on two separate airlines in order to mitigate the insanity. Got two nonstop flights can, coming in with one, one airline that starts with an S, leaving with the other airline that starts with an S. And uh, hey, you know what? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I, look, for me, I, I have to go no matter what. But the point is, from a reopening and tourist point of view, I just can't imagine how the average person is going to want to, you know, fly to Las Vegas for the weekend when, when they're used to paying, you know, two hundred, three hundred round trip, and you're talking about fourteen hundred. I mean, I could fly to Israel for fourteen hundred. And here I could fly. The same price would have cost me to go to the
2: Middle East when sure, I go to the sure, Middle East. Cost- do something exotic. Like go to Fiji or something.
4: Exactly. I mean, really, probably cheaper to go to Hawaii than Vegas right now. But it is what it is. Like I said, you know, I um, let's talk about the uh, the reopening uh, action. So, and then we'll get to sports. So now that people have the employees in the casinos have to wear masks again, huh?
2: Yeah, uh, and we'll see what happens in the next you know few weeks. Numbers have been on the rise. How far they go, I mean, just, you know, fingers crossed and prayers that you know nothing's getting shut down or lockdowns or anything of that nature. But the masks, um, I, you know, I think that's you know heading in the wrong way. Where you know, those are going to be prevalent again? Yeah.
4: Well, again, you live in a hot climate. We already assumed on the East Coast that just with normal flu season, which we didn't really have one last year, just September, people are going to just be wearing them just to mitigate the flu and the cold, because obviously most people didn't get the flu and the cold last year, at least on the East Coast. Um, You don't really get a flu season in Vegas, do you? Like a a winter flu season like you would in New York, right? You don't get
2: that Uh, Well, I'm no doctor. I play one on Sports Insider Radio, I guess. Well, put it this way. Flu season is flu season everywhere, and people come to Vegas all the time. So they're right. bringing the flu here. It's not like the flu doesn't get here.
4: Right, 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 right. Got it, got it, got Does it. Does that make sense? Well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. What it's going to be interesting is um, this Dallas Cowboy-Pittsburgh game. So Dallas Cowboys, in back to this game Thursday, August 5th, Dallas Cowboys has the most un- – and, again, this is not – We had this discussion off-air for all the listeners. This is not about what I think. This is not about what you think. Everybody has the right to their own opinion, so we don't care about our personal opinions. But the Cowboys are getting a lot of flack in media because they're the most unvaccinated team of all the NFL teams. We know the last time we discussed this, the one player for Buffalo made a statement. It'll just be interesting to see what happens with the Cowboys and if the, if something happens prior to that game where Pennsylvania says, hey, you guys aren't coming in here. if you're, You know what I mean? We don't know. We don't know. But they've been getting a lot of heat in the media, just like uh, that one player on Buffalo. So this is going to be like the new thing. I don't think there's going to ever be an absence of sports again. I think that ship has sailed. We lived through that four-month period, and we lived through fanless games. I do think that it might be a possibility that – they might, it, you might have states that just say, you can come to the NFL game, but you've got to have proof of vaccination. I think that's what I really think is going to wind up happening in the blue states versus the red states. Obviously, in Dallas, everybody will be able to go and do whatever they want. And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see because Oakland <laughs> – sorry – the Raiders, man, it's still a bad habit. The
2: Raiders,
4: (laughs) the Raiders were, they they locked it down like it was nobody's business, right? Mike was flying around. He was flying to Indianapolis. He went to the Ravens game in Indianapolis. Where else did you go to the Ravens game, Mike? I went to the Tennessee Titans
1: playoff game, Ravens.
4: Right, and that whole time, there was no fans in in Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes down with uh, that Monday night football game, that Mike is uh, trying to finagle, still get a ticket out of you for the uh, Ravens uh, 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 Raider game. Have you heard anything regarding uh, what they're planning
2: on doing? I've told my good friend Mike, start making calls, kid, because there ain't nothing coming on this end.
1: Well, Dave's not on here. Uh, I'm (laughs) hoping that and praying.
2: Good good luck. I I mean, I got to believe that's going to be one of the hottest tickets going. Look,
1: I, I'm not going to give up hope, just like I don't give up hope for my clients. My,
2: my best guess for you, honestly, is you could lasso somebody in your neck of the woods that already has them and, and, fin- no, and I mean, finagle it, a deal it's there. It's a
1: possibility. We're, we're getting there. We're we're making some calls. Um, you know what? And Look, I, it's all fun and games, and it's the first game, and it just happens to be my Ravens that are flying out there for the first Monday night game ever in Las Vegas, first actual game with fans in Las Vegas. So it, it, look, it is a hot ticket. I have no problem. i watch it at home. But leading up to it, this next month is so crucial for our business because training camps open up. It's the only sport that I do believe you can get a lot of data in training camp because you can't really get that in college basketball, college football, NBA, hockey. You're not really going to get that big sample size of who's going to be a serious contender just from training camp. And I'm not saying that's going to be accurate, but that first month, I usually do very well in September and October before the line makers adjust. And you could find a lot of value when you're seeing these. Oh, there we go. No, he's I already the, one.
2: He's, he's already done it. That's twice, actually.
1: Oh, uh, Okay, and you get you get a lot of it early on, and and then it's also the injuries. Like we just heard, Cam Akers tore his Achilles out for the year. Who's going to be the next man up? We've seen this time and time again, like James Robinson in Jacksonville last year, where he wasn't even going to be a second-string guy. He was originally, to start the season, Brian, he was a third-string guy. And he comes in, and he's one of the top running backs in the league, and nobody even had him on the radar. So you get this stuff in training camp. You get this stuff in preseason. And because of the abbreviated preseason, I think it's going to be even more prevalent that you're going to see and get value and even be able to bet first halves in preseason – because you're going to get a lot more starter minutes. You're going to get guys that need to play some football. Because in, because it was drawn out in years past, you really didn't see starters play to really some the third, some even not even to the – well, basically it was the third. Sometimes they'll come in for a quarter in the first and second, but they'll play a full half in the third, and the fourth was just a wash. Well, now because they've taken that away and there's less games – and some teams are only getting basically one home game for preseason, you're gonna see a lot of starters playing more minutes because they have to get their legs under
2: them. And see, I we know I completely what do you think? respectfully, completely disagree.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's I think, why we
2: have this show. I think because there's an extra regular season game. I mean, the Rams just lost Cam Akers for the year to an Achilles tendon injury running around to get ready for training camp. There are no more dress rehearsals. I think these teams give maybe their starters, like no dress rehearsal where they're playing a half and into the third quarter. They may not even play in the first game. In the second game, they may play a series. And in the third game, maybe you give them a couple series and get them out. You're playing an extra regular season game this year. I don't see anybody. I mean, there'll be some teams, teams that are horrible, new coaches trying to work on things. I think the majority of teams, their starters are going to get maybe four or five series the entire preseason, and we'll see on opening day. And I think that's the smart way to go because there's nothing more nauseating than losing key players in meaningless, nonsensical games.
1: Well, and to beat, and again, and I don't disagree with you, but the devil's advocate would say what we saw last year with no mini camps, with no off-season conditioning because everybody was quarantined, with basically an abbreviated, you call it training camp, you saw a lot more injuries because guys were not in football shape. And no matter what, yes, it, it's really – look, even as a huge – as a big fan of the game outside of doing this as a business, I hate to see really good players go down and they're out for the whole season and in, in preseason. It sucks. I mean, because then you're not, you're not getting any value of them for the whole year. But I feel like they have to have football – actual real-game scenarios, real-game hitting to get them conditioned because otherwise we're going to have something like last year where a lot of guys are going to be hurt.
2: I I just believe teams will say we can, you know, there's only some things you can control. But I would think teams say we have more control over it and maybe they stage more in-camps live scrimmages with their own groups Where guys aren't trying to kill their guys, you know what I mean? I I just, I mean, Detroit. Okay, a guy like Dan Campbell, you know, this guy's doing all the big tough talk. Well, he's trying to change the culture in Detroit. No, Detroit may come out and have their starters play through three quarters or something, step on somebody's neck in a meaningless preseason game, so they get the feeling of winning a game or something. But I think any any quality team, I think you're going to see starters significantly less in the preseason, which will make betting preseason football an even, even more of a, it could be a slash challenge or it could be even in a bigger opportunity in terms of getting the information on who's going to play.
1: And, you know, it's, I love it. I mean, I love having this talk. That means if we're talking this detailed about football, football is right around the corner. and, it's funny, Dave mentioned it last week, where he was like, you know, I can't believe, or I think it was you that mentioned it, but I can't believe this far into the summer we still have this much to talk about. It wasn't really football related, That's but it's great. It just shows how the business well, has grown.
4: Well, let, let's all forget. Today's the twenty-first of July. We had no sports from March eleventh to July 26th. So baseball would have not even been starting on an abbreviated season for another five days when we did the show a year ago. So, you know, like I always tell people here, you have all these opportunities and, you know, i I'll, I'll, well, I'll throw this out to you, Brian, as long as we've been doing this, which is for decades, why even have preseason? Why not just make preseason preseason for the starters fighting to get it? I'm not the starters, the, uh, the other, you know, the lower-ranked players fighting to get a seat on the bench. Why even play the facade? Why even have preseason? I mean, why? It's money. I mean, all this it's getting money. all this getting in the shape. No, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, Mike's talking about, these are professional athletes. What do you mean? Like, you're not in shape? What, are you sitting around eating Cheetos all off season? Of course they're in shape. We live in Baltimore. We walk around. We go to the gyms. We see the Ravens out at the restaurants. What are they, not in shape? Of course they're in shape. Do I, you know, I really believe they have to get back in the football shape? These are like professional athletes. They're working out every day. That, you know, that place I go to in the Hunt Valley, uh sweat perform. I mean, these guys, are all the Ravens are in there, Mike. They're just working out every
1: day. So I don't know if I buy into the whole, like. Well, it's working out is one thing. Getting hit by another professional football player is a completely different scenario. You can work out all you want but it's when you take that hit and be in game shape. And, and we see that. We see that early in the season. The guys that are naturally better conditioned players are basically in mid-season form in September, and then it's, sometimes it takes guys a few games to get their legs under them, and then you start to see those teams excel. So the key is to find out, And we do this, we break down the games, we break down the teams, we break down the players. You want to find those teams that are going to get off to a hot start. The ones that have the cohesion of veteran leadership that they're returning a lot of players from last year. Teams that have a softer, easier schedule. Obviously having home games early to get that confidence. I mean, all these things play a huge factor. And the line makers aren't stupid. They're going to make the line's still really tight, but there's a lot of soft spots on the schedule that we see every week that you could find a lot of, you know, good V out there. Didn't want to say it the third time. But, you know, aside <laughs> from all that, you know, Dave talks about doing the Super Contest and the other contests that he does every year. And I feel like the, the actual business itself is growing and there's more people involved. And because of the legalization, you're having a lot more guys that are getting in the realm of because they've been fans of the game now they can open up a local account and because I'm on the front lines and I'm seeing this all the time and clients buy from Brian, from Dave they come in without real expectations. They don't understand that this is not about hey, I had a bad couple of days, get me out of the hole today that's not what this is about this is about okay, have a large enough sample size. You know, like John, Dave says this to you all the time when you give him the reports of dogs and you give him the records. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds nice, but that's such a small sample size. Because it really is. I mean, in a big scheme of things, you need to have that large sample size and, and consistently have the mentality of not to chase and to just trust the system And trust your gut and consistently have good money management every day. And then at the end of the year, you look at your account and say, wow, I produced this type of return. Not because I had two, three losing days. So I put everything that I lost in the last three days on today's play to chase, which is what a gambler does. It is what Tom, I mean, sorry, Brian, the client that I mentioned earlier in the show, is going to do today because he doesn't know any better. And it's unfortunate. That's why you see a lot of people that do this and they have extra funny money that think they can get away with betting on sports and be successful because they had a good run for a week or two. And then they find the the harsh reality that this is hard. What we do is extremely difficult because if it wasn't difficult, Everybody would do it, and the books would be out of business.
4: Well, I mean, look, Brian, here's the deal. Every single guy, and then we're going to get to my actual stats that are short-term in a second. Every single guy that calls us from a legal state outside of the state of Nevada, legal, you know, new state that just came online. What are they all doing, Brian? Every one of them. Chasing parlays. Literally driving to their local casino, trying calling up here going, you know, I I played an eight teamer and went six and two. I played a nine teamer, and went eight and one. It's like they don't run. Really, this is what keeps these sports books in business. Nobody's, no whales are going into. The, no guys like Dave, me, you. I mean, you might do a parlay for fun or correlated parlay where you're taking favorites in baseball, a few of them, and you're trying to mitigate the juice. But I mean, again, as long as I've known you, you do you do you know any successful parlay betters?
2: Oh no. No, 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 no. Right.
4: It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a moment. It was just oh no. You didn't even have to think about it. You know, and you get these guys calling up and they're like, "Oh yeah, I hit a parlay for 20,000." And then I gave it all back over the next month trying to play those parlays. So, I mean, this is this is the insanity of of dealing with uh, I I appreciate dealing with seasoned clients. I have to learn to appreciate with dealing with um, new parlay bettors that they're not playing parlays because they don't have the money to bet games straight. They're playing parlays because they're just looking for that, that quick hit. You know, it's more about the excitement and the rush, you know? And so, you know, you talk to a guy and say, well, how how much do you play a night? You know, I take 500 a day with me to the casino and I bet, you know, five, $100, eight teamers. Oh, okay. You know, but when I hit, I win a lot. I said, Sure. You know, I use the I use the uh racing analogy. Uh you can make money betting horse racing. You can almost liken the parlays to the horse racing, but you're also practicing different money management. You're not betting every race for the same. You know, obviously if you have a larger long shot in a race, you can bet less on the on that exact or that trifecta or that superfecta. But I mean, would you make the correlation between parlay betting and horse racing?
2: Uh, yes and no. I mean, it, it's the, the premise that you can bet toothpicks and turn it into lumber yards. I mean, so there, there's bigger return. But no, horse racing, like I've told the story a thousand times with you. And it's even something, you know, I learned the hard way. And it's the horse player's mentality. You're sitting there and you're looking at a horse, nine horse field, and you're looking at it and... Sure, you know, somebody can step up and pull off an upset, but if you're looking at it and you go, wait a minute, this horse is the clear favorite. If you in your heart believe at nine to five the horse had to fall down to lose, the mindset of changing, you know, over the years I can find a way to beat him and I won't even consider the V word, but that because maybe back then the V word was in play. That's why I hate the V word. And then you're sitting there going, wait a minute. The same horse player that's going to sit there and say, I can beat this horse, is the same guy is going to bet $110 to win $100 on a football game that's minus three. (laughs) You know, if you're willing to do that, what's wrong with nine to five? You know, that'd be like picking up a team that's, you know, a four and a half point underdog on the money line and you're all proud of yourself. Right.
4: No, I get it. Uh, as long as we don't send Mike into the track, we're fine. How's the horse racing been treating you?
2: Oh, good, man. We had, um, Saratoga and Del Mar opened up the summer meets. That's great. Had the big million-dollar Haskell race. We Had a DQ. I mean, it's unbelievable. You never see DQs in million-dollar races. You never used to. We've seen... The, oh, you the, mean
4: a disqualification?
2: Yeah, if the horse got won, the race got DQ'd. Cut in front of a horse, they clipped well, he cut in front of horse they horse clipped heels, went stumbled, and the jockey fell off. I mean, no, it was the right call. But we saw the Kentucky Derby a couple of years ago. The winner was DQ'd. We're still waiting to find out if the horse that won the Kentucky Derby this year has it taken away from him.
4: Yeah, but that doesn't affect the betters.
2: What are you talking I mean, about? you
4: got paid, you got
2: paid. Right. No, no, no. It's instant. I mean, the Derby were still, the Kentucky Derby were still waiting. That, that day at Monmouth, they looked at it for 10 minutes and disqualified the horse. Right. Before right. they paid out. Right, right, right. You know, but no, it's, a, it's the, the summer months. You got Saratoga and Del Mar going. But what's nuts, the NBA just ended last night. By the way, do you have season-ending NBA notes? I thought maybe you'd have the big summation.
4: I mean, I'll let Mike pick that up. My, uh, we have a good friend of ours that lives in Phoenix and, uh, let's just say I haven't texted him in three days.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. How about that? Start out two Oh and bye-bye. He
4: took a, he took a, listen, he took a trip, uh, to the Bahamas and they have legal sports betting there. And he said he was taking 10 dimes with him and he was going all in. He was landing early enough to go bet, bet whichever one of the games the Suns lost and I haven't heard. I haven't said. I haven't said a, a word to him since. I figured if he didn't reach out to me, I wasn't reaching out to him. But I know he was. He was there for the game after the first loss, and I'm thinking, I wonder if he chased. And then I know he was home yesterday, so I know there was no chasing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's crazy the way that series started out and the way it came back. And, and like you were talking, Mike, like yesterday we had talked about it. Uh, on radio shows here. Boy, and I think the same lessons in play with football coming up because we were talking about the overreaction to what you last see. And we were sitting there yesterday going, 222.5. It's an elimination game. And, I mean, that total was way too high. I mean, the under was was the way to go in the, in the game last night. We talked about yesterday, yeah. and, and it yesterday. And it panned out. But it's funny – I mean, that's the number that the market bet. And they, they were betting the over in the game. And, you know, it's, it's that cautionary tale of don't overreact to what you last witnessed.
1: And you're, you're very right about that. They were betting the over because literally I was at a friend's house watching the game. And, he you know, he's a live better. We call him uh, H to hedge because every time he makes a bet, every time he'll be hedging it the entire game to try the middle. Just again, small player doing this more for entertainment. But it, it's it's just funny how, while watching the game in real time with people that do it socially, how there's not that much scoring. It's fifteen to thirteen with a lot of time expired in the first. The lines down to two o three, and he takes the under. So the whole time, and then it went down to two o one. He was going to take the under again for a little more. And he got locked out and then they scored a little bit and it went up. So at 203, he is sweating it out and literally gets a push. And he got lucky to get that push because they were scoring at the end and there was a couple scenarios where it easily could have went over. But again, it's I get it. There's a lot of value with in-game trading and you could find and pick your spots. But it's it's just one of those scenarios where I, if he is doing it, there's a million other people doing it, and they're doing it for over-unders for players. They're doing it for over-unders. And
4: we, and, we, and, and we
1: know that, Dave,
4: if he was if he's doing it, he's on the contrarian side of whatever all these guys are doing. And, you know, what I'll say about the in-game live wagering where I'm looking for uh, – I mean, I've never seen bullpens blow games like this in the se- – I'll get to the whole basketball rant in the se- baseball rant in a second. But, I mean, like even San Fran yesterday – Dodgers come back, score three in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, literally any client or potential client that's listening to this radio show live or recorded who one of the things that they use in their handicapping for a full nine game or eight and a half game, depending upon who's winning in the top of the ninth uh, game, is, is talking to me about pitchers. Well, then they're just, they've lost their minds because pitchers, as I keep proving, are absolutely meaningless unless you're playing the first five. It doesn't matter. They're not in these games get blown right now, uh, just to why we're talking, Baltimore is plus 220. They're winning the game right now. Um, uh, Baltimore's 220. They're winning the game right now as we're on the radio live, four to three as once again the dogs are rolling. Um, and like right now, just so you know, not counting today's card, Brian. Right now, 70 games have played since the all-star break in baseball. 35 dogs have won outright, 35 favorites have won outright, which basically means if you bet every dog, you're up a lot of money just going 50% since the all-star break. If the, if the Orioles hold on, it's the sixth inning right now. That's a big if. Uh, if the Orioles hold on, then obviously um, – you know, that will take it over 50%. But what's, what's interested is um, when you look at live betting and while we're on the air, it's a perfect example. You know, the line makers know, for instance, I, I'm, I'm going to check while I'm on the, if you're a live better, what are you going to do? You're going to look to take Tampa Bay live. They were originally a $220 favorite at home, right? So right now, I could play Tampa Bay right now live, minus 115, down a run in the bottom of the sixth inning. While it looks enticing and sure they could win, I also take the position they're not giving you a free lunch. They're not giving you, like, there's no, there's no free money there. Like, you know, because look at the difference. You take the Rays right now live, plus one and a half, Brian, they're down one run. The you one- got to lay 300. you got to lay 300.
2: Say that again.
4: Right now, I could take the raise live
2: minus one fifteen. No, plus one and a half. Oh, one. plus minus one and a half. You don't want to, but but my point would be, you could sit there, and you got to weigh the pros and cons and and, and look at the whole situation. I'm not saying do it, but you could sit there and say, okay, uh, and what would the opening number was minus two twenty.
4: Right, and now so, you could lay so,
2: 115. So now you're exactly. sitting there, now you jump in and say, hey, minus 115, it's in the middle of the sixth, but they're the home team, and they're going to get for sure another extra, make sure you're getting that fourth at bat. That's when, to me, that's oh, I agree. That's when you, I mean, you know, you're not laying 220 with these guys to start. Them down a run in the middle of the sixth against the Orioles' bullpen? I mean, I mean that's how you play the game, right? You're not so you're not you know you're not getting Billy clubbed if you bet Tampa minus two twenty,
4: right? But what? But the flip side of that is when I look at that, I look at it from a very negative. Like it looks almost too good to be true. Trust me, I want to do that right now while I'm talking. To you. It's like this is a joke. Like I'm laying one fifteen on a game that I was laying two twenty pre match, but I just, uh, I've been burned that way more times than not. Like it. It, it, it's almost like it, it's too good to be true. It might, yeah. it, it may work out. You know what I'm saying? Like over right. but, the course but, but, of a lot of the, games. But the
2: other thing you could do, honestly, and we had the discussion about parlays before. I mean, if you're living and dying with parlays, bye bye. You're having a bad, bad go at it. But you could look at an opportunity like this and say, "Hey, I'll take Tampa Bay in game minus." A dollar fifteen and hook it up into something tonight to get a running start to jump up the return on a game you love tonight. Oh, I agree. And I I'm agree. not like I said, I'm not saying you do that sight unseen. I'm just saying this particular opportunity might be a good way to go say, Hey, I really like the over in a game tonight. You know what? In game, I'll took I'll take Tampa Bay minus 15 cents and hook it into the game. I really love tonight. And if, and if, if it hits you, you know, you're, you're betting less and making the same.
4: Right. But I'll give you another in game live angle. That to me is very compelling. When you get these runs, which equalize the game and you get dog prices. So for instance, Cincinnati is losing five, nothing right now um, to the Mets, but Cincinnati's at home. Cincinnati was uh, – the Mets were a 30-cent uh, favorite on the road. And now they're down – you can play right now the Reds plus four-and-a-half plus 130. To me, that's more of a – to me, I like, I like a spot like that where you get, eh, maybe they won't get shut out. They'll score one run. They'll still lose the game. But I find those situations to be a little more profitable than expecting the bad team – to come back, because back to that whole bad team to come back thing, the reason why there's 35 favorites and 35 dogs since the all-star break that have won is because those 35 dogs that won, a lot of them were winning in the late innings. And if you were live betting the favorite to come back, they didn't come back. So, you know, what what I usually see, what I've been seeing since the all-star break is the dogs are winning wire to wire. And the favorites are winning wire to wire. And where you get more action is where you have to pay to play is getting the plus run money. Plus one and a half, plus four and a half. You know, even when a game I'll see I'll be in situations where a team's winning ten nothing. They'll put up a thing plus nine and a half, plus one fifty. Really? I'm gonna take a mitigated risk that this team's not gonna get shut out and lose ten one. That happens more than you think. Were they just because the other team doesn't care? They're up ten nothing. It's the late inning. It's the eighth inning. It's the bottom of the ninth inning, right? Is the team gonna score ten runs in the bottom of the ninth inning? Ah, eh, let the runner get on first. Before you know it, they they double in a guy. Guy crosses the mound. Now they just gave up this stupid run for no reason. You know, boom, boom, boom. By the way, talking about crazy comebacks, the Mets blew a game the last week. Did you? Were you in any part of that game? When <laughs> I when.
2: No, but I know what you're talking about. Go ahead.
4: Wait, were well, yeah, they were up 6 nothing, and then all of a sudden it was like they lost the game. Like, it was ridiculous. Like They scored 10 runs in the last two innings, five runs in the eighth inning, five runs. Mike was on the Mets. So I think Mike was on the Mets. That's why I'm bringing it up. Mike, weren't you on the Mets that day?
1: I think so, yes. But I was also on them the following day when they, they made a comeback in the top of the ninth, and they scored enough runs where you would – another one, it was the reverse it was the opposite where they came back and i you know i usually i get these texts from john like in the fourth inning like a client i told you dog i told you home
3: team dog <laughs> he's always that guy Pirates, i, I told you dog
1: so. i said you know what i didn't respond and i only responded when the game was over
2: so are you getting ready in the fantasy football wars you doing your homework
1: Very excited. I don't really start doing homework until I start seeing training camp. I know some people have already done mock drafts. I don't really see any value for that. I usually start with my fantasy channel in the car, so the girlfriend gets really upset when she wants to listen to music wherever we go to dinner or wherever we go out. She goes, I don't understand. The fantasy channel won't go off. So said, yeah, it will go off in February. So, you know, I I listen to that all the time. I'm getting, and, and that's it's a different type of business because you're not day trading anything. You're trying to create a lineup because I'm not, it's not the daily fantasy. I'm creating a lineup for the whole season. And then as the weeks transpire and there's the waiver wire and there's the free agency, then you can scoop guys up again from doing your research and, and taking shots on people. But early on, it's really just understanding who's really, you know, thriving um, a lot of value and fantasy you're going to get from training camp because you're seeing which rookies that nobody knows about are getting a lot of playing time that are actually looking really well that they're actually you know fitting in the system that they've been drafted by and that's huge. I mean, like a guy like James Robinson last year, I picked him up, I drafted him. He you know he took me. I lost in the championship game, but he basically I rode him the entire season and I got him pretty late. That's where you're going to win drafts. And I don't know how many drafts you do, Brian, but we all know if you're a fantasy guy, you don't win your leagues with the first four, five, six picks. Generally, again, aside from injuries and just completely bad picks, everybody has very similar top guys. Again, it's week to week, but still. It's the 10 through 18, if you have a deeper league, that you're drafting, that you're finding a lot of value, like a guy like Jefferson last year that I drafted late, like a guy that Diggs, surprisingly, Brian, Diggs was not a higher draft pick. He wasn't a second or third round wide receiver. He was a sixth round wide receiver, and, and he had the best season out of anybody. So you know, it's it's guys like that. Well, and the
2: irony is, and. Now, you watch this year because look where Josh Allen was. But from a fantasy perspective, he had a lot of interest. Josh Allen could go in the top. You know, Mahomes was everybody's top ten. You can make a real case Josh Allen's another guy that could go in the top ten. And then if that's the case, then Diggs is going, you know, at the top of the second round.
1: Yeah, I see Diggs coming off the board, top of the second round. Josh Allen, because simply he's a dual-threat quarterback, he's going to get you six touchdowns a year on the ground. I mean, that type of fantasy production, along with the yards and along with the passing touchdowns, he's Mahomes-esque fantasy-wise. I mean, I had a, we did a two-team fantasy. Uh, we have one of my leagues, the two-team, sorry, two-quarterback league, and a guy had Mahomes and Allen. And literally the rest of his team was okay, wasn't great, but because those two guys literally one of them scored thirty points fantasy every single week, he he made it. He was the one that actually won the league because he just had so much value at the quarterback position every single week. And you know, and Mahomes bad game is seventeen points. So it's you could find value again, it's in the draft. You're always looking for the guy, and, and if anybody's listening that does fantasy, that doesn't just wager on sports, third-year wide receivers. That's where you're going to find the diamond in the rough, the guy that's been in the system for a couple years. It usually takes wide receivers. you know, it, What Jefferson did last year is not common. Receivers take time to develop. It's the speed of the game the route tree in the NFL it all takes time to develop and usually those third year guys have really big breakout seasons so would you look up the third year guys and and i think you could find a good value there
2: let me ask you a question who who do you think is a better what? fantasy quarterback mahomes or allen just out of curiosity
1: fantasy i think from what i saw last year i think josh allen
2: mahomes was was, Mah- mahomes was responsible Passing and rushing for 39 touchdowns. Josh Allen, 45.
1: Right, because you're going to get those six at
2: least. Eight. He had eight rushing touchdowns. He had eight rushing touchdowns. Six
1: Six is a good over under for him. That he's you're going to within the three. You know he's so big. If they're on the goal line, on with inside the three, they're not even running the ball. They're going to do a QB draw, or he can roll out and he just runs. I mean. that's the same thing with Lamar as the same type of situation where he's a good fantasy quarterback, no matter what, even if he doesn't get a lot of passing yards, Josh Allen gets it through the air anyway, but Lamar doesn't even need the high passing totals. I mean, yardage, he might get you only 200 yards passing, but he'll throw for three touchdowns and he'll rush for another couple and he'll get you a hundred on the ground certain games. So, you want to find dual threat value. Obviously, you don't want to also drown yourself with having guys that are susceptible to injury. Well, that's you it. You want guys that are going to be there. And it's hard to do outside the quarterback position. With quarterbacks, you could kind of find and tinker and find guys that are probably going to be there the whole season, unlike you know, it could obviously be a freak injury. but But with running backs, you have to have a stable of them because of the way that the NFL – is basically the last 10 years. It's a dual quarter. I mean, sorry, a dual running back league where most teams are using two guys throughout the entire game, and you want to find a good niche of guys that are first, second, and third down backs and goal line, and you're not going to find that probably outside of Henry, and McCaffrey, and maybe Saquon that are getting that first, second. And they're also obviously they're going to get spot duty on third down, but they're also able to be there on third down for pass catching, and they're also going to get goal line. So that's what you want to do for running backs. With wide receivers, go with your third year wide receivers. With quarterbacks, try to get a dual threat quarterback, and then with tight ends. Unfortunately, the the crop at tight end is only you know it's the top tier is really good, and then it's a huge drop off. But expect your boy. From the town that you're in, Darren Baller, to have an exceptional season. Waller. I call him Baller. That's his nickname, Darren Baller. <laughs>
2: oh, how about that? Now, now he's making up nicknames. No,
1: they call him that all the time. Again, I, that's why my fantasy show is on 24-7 in my car, Brian. Maybe you should start listening to it.
2: <laughs> so what's, uh, what's on the docket for you, John, the next few weeks? I'm just here working getting
4: ready for football training for my my uh, race next Saturday next Friday, July 30th and then literally done the race two days later get on the plane come to Vegas before I blink I'll be in studio with you.
2: Can't wait to see you. but uh, football's are coming fast NBA's now behind the second half of the baseball all right um, who, who's your who's your team to watch in I the just, next... I
4: just got an email guys while I'm on the air. I just got an email from the Washington Redskins official team. Hello. Hello. To- hello.
2: I've been Can you gu- hear me? I've I've been very guilty of this. Uh, I'm and I've I've been a, an offender, the Washington football team.
4: Oh man. I just and I'm reading the email and I just did that. Um I just got an email from the Washington football team. Live practice for all fans. Get your free tickets now, Friday, April sixth. So now they're 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 doing a marketing campaign, which is fine. I don't know if they do that over there in Vegas. For the, are they going to be doing that? Let the kids come watch. Don't know. Toss the ball around.
2: I haven't heard. Haven't heard. But yeah. it, it, I don't know, man. I, you think uh, you know? Depending on if you know if they're indoors, probably not. If it's an outdoor thing, likely.
4: Yeah, I mean, it says FedEx Field, so it's going to be outdoors. So There's just you know, but I mean, I guess it's good for PR. Get people out there. Kids haven't sure. gone back to school yet, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? But literally, while we're on there? They, you can claim your free tickets. But I guess before it was first come first serve. Now you gotta, they gotta track how many people they can let in.
2: Hey man, good to be back on the beam with you fellas, and looking forward to seeing you in the not too distant future. And that's it. We're pretty stoked about all of this. Sportsinsiderradio.com. Uh, we invite you to check out the website, and we'll really be diving into football come next week. So, fellas. Hang in there, find some cheaper airfare, and we're looking forward to seeing you soon.
4: You got it. See you next Wednesday.
2: All right, boys. Thanks to John and Mike. Always great fun talking sports. And we're thankful you joined us and invite you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com.
3: It's the Vegas Board, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.gov. USA Radio News with Tim Berg.
0: President Biden will be in Cincinnati today for the first time since winning the 2020 election. Biden visiting a local union training center before heading to Mount St. Joseph University to participate in a CNN town hall. It's a busy day on Capitol Hill with hearings continuing to take place. Before going into a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing, Illinois Senator Dick Durbin,